thinking, guys? My name is Luke Dancy, and welcome to the Illusionist Magic Beyond Belief podcast. We are back with a brand new episode, and we are live, live, live on Periscope with some of our friends. And I am back with my co-host. I'm talking about Mr. Will Jones. Will, what's shaking, buddy? Not much, man. Not much. Just chilling out for the evening. How you doing? I am good, and we are excited to talk about a hot topic that you brought to my attention. And uh, that topic guys this week that we're gonna be talking about is running when you're not being chased when it comes to your magic the moves that you do the routines and the magic that you're doing for the people sometimes you need to remember who you are performing for we're also going to give you this week's tip of the week and i'm going to remind you about a brand new thing that i've started doing over on twitter and those are our weekend twitter polls it's a great way for us to get to know you better we ask questions each and every week it runs throughout the weekend and we've been having a lot of great input and feedback from you through that it's just a great way to get to know you that's what this is all about that's why i'm glad to do this each and every week because it's a great way to connect with you to find out what you're up to learn more about you and to help you along your path to become the magician that you've always wanted to be all right so like i said on this week's episode we are going to talk about running when you're not being chased and i think i'm going to turn this over to will for just a moment here because he's the one that brought this up and he's the one that had basically something happen that made him want to talk about this uh i think you were talking to lloyd and you had mentioned that something kind of came up when you guys were talking and it it spurred this topic of what i've now turned into don't run when you're not being chased uh with your magic so uh will tell us why we're gonna be talking about this this week yeah i was um i was on a call with lloyd earlier on this week and we were just just generally talking shop about magic about moves and what we do and and you know, how we go about actually performing. And uh, it got to the point where we were talking about different passes. And Lloyd said to me, well, he doesn't use one. I said, well, what do you mean? You know, why not? And he says, well, the majority of the time, there's actually absolutely no need to use one at all. You, you can get effectively the same, get to the same end using a much simpler means. So you could go and do this really complex knuckle-busting pass that nobody's ever going to see but to what end when maybe a shuffle control or something would have would have sufficed so it got me thinking in the way of well what do i do that makes my life really difficult that i haven't even noticed yet and how can i make my life easier when i'm performing and um, i've just been generally just jamming stuff out with, with some friends and and with some of the guys on over skype and just it's, it's actually been quite eye-opening, really. So uh, thank you, Lloyd. You know, this is one of those big topics to where I think sometimes we forget um, who it is we're performing for and what we're doing because a lot of times we get into this mindset of performing for magicians, and so we get this feeling that we have to do the moves that magicians respect and appreciate in order to be taken credibly. And that's fine, but like uh, Will just said, why are you going to do a really over-the-top move only to erase what you just did with something else. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense uh, at all. And I think a lot of people, I don't think they do it on purpose. I think they do it unknowingly because they're just so into the moves that they do. And they almost feel like sometimes they have to, like, squeeze them into a routine just so they can do a certain move. Yeah, I think the downside to that as well is you can very easily um, end up looking unnatural almost um almost without noticing it because if if you're sitting there going okay i've got to i've got to shift this card from the middle of the deck to the bottom of the deck um easiest way to do that is with a a pass or whatever passes you know or whatever move it is you know when you could just quite literally split the deck into two where that card is and riffle shuffle it to either the top or the bottom for instance um and that would look a lot more natural than doing this really complicated pass where your hands might move in really strange ways and you might have to hide things that look really unnatural as well. And especially if you find that you flashed or something like that, then you're going to, your, your magic isn't going to thank you for it. And are your spectators going to appreciate the fact that you've done this really difficult knuckle busting move? Now, if they're magicians and they're people like us, then will probably go, okay, I didn't see that. That was really good. But if you're performing for lay people, the majority of the time, um, 
or at least in 95, 96% of the time that I ever perform, nobody ever looks at me and goes, oh, I saw what you did there. I saw that control or I saw you shift my car to the bottom or whatever else I may have done. So mm. looking at it like that, almost a lot of the stuff that, that I actually do, it's made it it's made it kind of redundant. That doesn't mean to say that I shouldn't learn those things or I shouldn't do them and I shouldn't practice them. It's more I should probably use them a little more sparingly. Say if I get that 4 or 5% of the time where I've got a spectator that knows a little bit of magic, may have had one too many uh, lemonades to drink and thinks he's a little bit clever. And those types of situations I think are brilliant for these knuckle-busting moves. And especially if you're performing to people that understand what you're doing and that would more appreciate the technical side of what you're doing as opposed to just the purely um, just the, the visual side of it and what, what the people normally see. You know, sometimes it's like, like I said before, it's an unconscious thing. They just do it. They don't realize. But at the same time, lay people are fooled by simple things. And I think that that's something that a lot of us forget about is that the routines that we do for the most part, a lot of the moves that we use, a lot of the stuff that we do, it's very, very simple, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. Just because you're using a simple, maybe a double undercut, or a, like you said, to shuffle off the card back to the top of the deck under the guise of, you know, mixing the card into the deck, um, you know, or a DL. You know, this is a public forum here on Periscope, so I don't want to give away, but magicians know what the DL is. Um that move is super, super simple in how it works, but it fools the living crap out of people. So it doesn't have to be the super complicated stuff that, that that's going to fool people. I mean, yeah, it'll probably, some of it will, but remember, you don't always have to reach so far for methods or even for the tricks that you do to fool people and to entertain them. To add to that as well, um, I, have, um, I, I have a friend that um, she, she sees through... Um, the majority of the stuff that I do, she used to work in a prison. So part of what she was trying to do was to, to look out for what people are doing. And she's, she just, she can't switch it off now. Um, but she sees through the majority of the stuff that not just I, but the majority of magicians that the both of us know, she can see and work out the stuff that, she, that, that is going on. Um, and bring, coming to the point that you said about simplicity, uh, I, I, I actually managed to, to almost fall away with uh, something as, as simple as the depth illusion um, in the context of an ambitious card routine. Um, and I performed this about four, five, six times. And I said, can you, can you see what I'm doing there? Can you see, you know, can you figure out how I've done that? And she says, well, that last time it looked like you put the card right at the bottom and you didn't cover the deck. So no, I don't know how you did that. You know, you may, you may feel guilty when you do a different, you know, a move that feels like it's almost too easy and it shouldn't fool people. But the reality is you don't know what people know or don't know. So use that against them. Oh, I'm, I'm a massive fan of, um, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of doing bold moves that shouldn't work. I mean, I, I know sure. we've spoken at, at great length and detail about some of the atrocious moves that I actually do in performance and get away with. And I was I was um, I was at a, a party last night, and I was doing exactly these things, and stuff. I was I, I did a whole bunch of these moves, and I've, I've got my brother stood next to me, and, and he knows what I'm doing. He can, you know, he, he knows what I do, and he knows how I do it. And he's standing there going, "I I can't believe that you're getting away with this." And I've got five or six other people going, "No, go, how?" <laughs> and Again, it kind of ties into that whole make your life easy thing. You know, don't run if you're not being chased. You know, if you can do something that's really simple and works, then do it. I mean, there's definitely a place uh, for difficult sleight of hand, for the, the knuckle-busting stuff. And, and I'm not saying don't do it. Um, I just think sometimes people forget that, I mean, the stuff that you do for real people, it's usually not the stuff that, they're going to even appreciate or even know that you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It doesn't matter if it's just the moves, too. I think we're, getting, we're so focused on the moves. It's also the routines that you do. Um, yeah. You know, it's not always the magician-fooling routines that are going to be entertaining to regular people because if you could do, like, an impossible location of a card uh, under, you know, test conditions, 
But you do that to a spectator that doesn't know magic, and it's this drawn-out kind of process of, okay, deal the cards down, I want you to stop, I want you to shuffle this, do that. I don't think a lot of lay people actually enjoy or are entertained by a lot of those type of routines. So don't forget that it's not just the, the moves, but it's also the tricks that you do that you need to keep in mind who you're doing them for. Um, because that makes a big difference. If you're going to tell a story with your magic, at least make that story interesting. Yep. Uh, I mean, you can, you can, yeah, you can do this whole long, drawn-out routine as long as you've got an interesting story and you're 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 keeping your spectators interested and entertained with what you're doing. If you're just going to sit there and go, okay, now do this, now do this, and 15 minutes later they're still sat there dealing cards into piles and things like that, then the majority of, so I think the majority of magicians by this point would, be, would have just lost interest with it. But do remember your audience in the way that you know, if you're at Blackpool Magic Convention, for instance, then yeah, great, bring out all the magician followers, bring out all the, all the knuckle-busting moves and, and the stuff that people like us are going to appreciate. But you know, if, if you're down at, you know, if you're out in a, in a pub or a club or something and you're, you know, you're performing for late people on a Saturday night, then... You know, do the simple. You know, magicians are going to watch you and they'll watch you perform and they may go, okay, yeah, I saw this, I saw that, I can see exactly what you're doing. And they may know your entire routine, the methods for, to everything, but that doesn't matter. The way that I look at it is, or the way that I um, think about it whenever I'm performing for any group of people, I always think to myself, okay, there's at least one or two people in this group that can see my methods or know what I'm doing. And that really sort of puts my mind at rest. So I'm not so much worried about exposing. Because if I'm worried about exposing, then I'm going to make a mistake and I'm going to expose something. But if I already think, well, a couple of these people already know what I'm doing. So, okay, I'll just get on with it. Then I'm less likely to be worried about it. And it goes to the back of my mind. Yeah, and I think Domingo had a great point here on Periscope. I'm watching the chat, guys, so don't worry. Um, you know, don't forget who pays your bills. Like, are is it the magicians that are hiring you and paying you to do this stuff, or is it the real everyday spectators that you're going to get paid to do this stuff from? And I think that's a very valid thing to keep in mind because, you know, unless you're a creator and you're going to a convention and you're paid to lecture and you can sell your products, then yeah, I mean, of course, that's a different situation, but. If you're hired for a general, you know, house party or a corporate event or, you know, whatever comes your way, then those are the people that are paying your bills for the most part, and they're not magicians. So, I think sometimes a lot of people do get stuck in that rut of trying to create magic that's fooling. But who was it really supposed to be fooling uh, at, at the yeah, end of the day? Definitely guilty of that. I'm constantly trying to come up with stuff that will fool magicians, but I then think to myself, to what end? Okay, I'm going to fool probably a might fool a couple dozen magicians that I'm going to show this to, but you know, other people that I'm going to go and then perform for when I'm out doing this, are they going to care? And if the answer to that question isn't yes, they are going to care, then there's to a degree, you know, I shouldn't spend as much time on it. Not to say that I shouldn't do it, I should just shouldn't focus the majority of my efforts onto something like that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. There's nothing wrong with wanting to fool your peers and and having them fooled and stumped because you've done something that they don't know how to do. Don't get me wrong. Don't stop trying to do that, but just don't let it be your focus, I guess is what I'm saying. And um, and it's true. I've seen so many people kind of where we started with this whole conversation do one move only to use another one to cancel it out. And it's like you've gone through so much work to do what's supposed to be nothing. You know, Remember what it is you're trying to achieve. Are you supposed to try to make it look like you're not doing anything? Uh, because if you are, then don't do a pass and then do something else. I mean, like, and the same goes for um, anything that you do uh, with magic. Don't have one thing cancel out the other thing because then you're, you know, you're just creating more work for yourself, which is silly. Um, In that example, I would probably say, you know, if you're going to have a card return to the deck, either do a shuffle or a pass. Because if you just, or if, if somebody's just placed a card in the middle of the deck and they can't see that anything has happened, and you've already done the pass, and then you just put the cards down to the table, then to your spectator, the card is in the middle. Now, you know that it's on the top, but you know more than they do. So if you've already passed it to the top, and they haven't seen that, and they don't suspect anything, then there's no need to do a shuffle. 
Or alternatively, if you want to do a shuffle and you want to make it seem like you know, the, the cards are even fairly shuffled, then you can do you can do that. But there's to, to do one than the other is, whilst to a magician, you know, maybe, but to the majority of people, there's very little point. Yep. It's a magician's mentality all the way. Definitely a magician's mentality. It's like, you know stuff they don't know, but you think that you have to overprove yourself. But the reality is, it's just so unnecessary. So uh, stop running when you're not being chased. <laughs> um, and we all do it. And we've all done it. And it's the type of thing that at least as long as you're aware of it, and that's why we're doing things like this, uh, as long as you're aware of these things that are coming up and that might be happening that you don't even realize, well, then that's all that matters is that you're aware of it. You can find a way to fix it, change it, uh, and make your magic better. So uh, really solid thing to uh, to talk about and to bring up. And uh, yeah, reverse engineer stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, Domingo, what, I'd like you to elaborate a little bit on what you mean by reverse engineering something. Uh, are you meaning that you think that people can reverse engineer the tricks? Do you think that you're worried about people reverse engineering it? And that's why they're adding all these layers? Because I know that a lot of magicians have, that I've met uh, during the years, they've actually kind of done that, which is funny you mentioned it. They, they come up with a method and then they try to come up with another method to cancel out the first one to fool another magician. It's like, well, hold on. If he did that, there's no way that could work. So I'd be curious, Domingo, is that what you're referring to? If not, wh where were you going? Because the whole reverse engineering thing is definitely something that, and you can literally see it, Will. When, pe when you do a trick, you can see people, their eyes go up, and you see, you can literally, you know, you can see them trying to backtrack. You can see the wheels turning, not literally, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's kind it's, of a funny thing. When people are doing that, they're going to do it anyway. Uh, a lot of people will do it just as an, uh, almost as a natural reaction, and they won't even think about it. Um, and it's kind of weird because they'll be half of them's concentrating on what's going on, and especially when it's finished, they've had all of this stuff go on. And if you've constructed your routine correctly, then you'll be just putting little red herrings all over the place and things that drawing attention, you know, drawing subtle attention to things that are actually nothing, and then that'll lead them to a to they'll lead their their mind to a. a conclusion that isn't even possible yeah, and i like what domingo uh, said the effect is still going to be the same regardless the, the effect will still be the same i mean yeah and the, the easiest way to to go about this is um i think i know i do i, I have a couple of you know a couple of three but i've been practicing uh, tricks on for a number of years uh and a lot of them know my methods and they know how i go about things uh, most of these people, they can't see when I do them anymore. They can't see the moves, but they know that I'm doing them and they know that I have done them. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have people like that um, in your life that you can you, know, you can try new material out on, uh, especially if you're trying to build up almost like a bulletproof routine in a way to stop those kinds of people and magicians from figuring stuff out, then you can go to these people and you can say, well, what do you think of this routine? Can you Can you deconstruct this? Right. And uh, I think that's a, a wonderful resource to have, and it's something that I've certainly been glad that I've had over the years of performing magic. Um, you know, that's that's one thing a lot of people ask about. We'll kind of shift a little bit. You know, a lot of people ask, well, how can I get better with my magic, and how do I approach people, and how do I do do all that? Well, I mean, what Will just said, find those people that you know you can do the magic for, uh, that you can trust for constructive feedback. I mean, I've talked about this before, but the last thing you want. And Will and I are very honest with each other. Um, but the last thing that you want is someone that you're showing a trick to and they're just basically giving you what you want to hear. Like, oh, that looks great. Oh, yeah. That's not constructive in any way, shape, or form. No, it's not. Because I, if, if I'm trying something out for the first time and somebody goes, that was really, really good, um, I actually get a little bit disappointed that there are no improvements that, any, that they think that I can make to it because I think, well, this is like the first, you know, the first, second, or third iteration of this general routine, and I know there's a lot more work to do on it, and I know it's nowhere near the finished article, but I don't know where to go with it. I don't know what needs to be changed. So you want a second opinion, and if all of the people that you normally perform for, or you you, you sort of like do this sort of like testing phase, if you will, with go, no, it's fine. I think well. Where do I go from here? I get a bit confused with it. So, Will, 
I want to break this down and I want to go real talk for a minute. You know, forget about all this advice mumbo jumbo. I mean, it's it's fun, but let's just have some more fun for a second on something along these lines that I didn't prep you with. So it's not like I know this information yet. But Will Jones, when was the last time that you were fooled as a magician? And I'll also be more than happy to answer that question as well. I'm not just putting you on the spot. But um, I, I put the poll up last weekend on Twitter, and I'll get more into what that was and what you can expect on this week's poll. But um, I'd love to get your story, and I'd love to know why you think it fooled you. So we can kind of shift now into, yeah, we sometimes use moves to try to fool other magicians, but come on, when was the last time you were fooled? Come on, give it up, give it up. Exactly the last time that I was fooled. And this was the, the other day. Um, I, I can't remember what day it was, um, but it was a few days ago. Uh, might have been last Friday actually, and um, I was on a call with Lloyd, and he did this routine for me with a deck of cards that absolutely, completely, totally, nothing blew my mind. And it was, I, I can't say too much about the routine, um, but effectively, I it doesn't matter how much I backtracked it. And what I did or what I tried to figure out or say, there is no way that I could figure out how he did this. It was Lloyd Barnes basically performed a miracle for me uh, via Skype. And part of me thinks that he might have, like, I don't know, done some weird pseudo-hypnosis rubbish or something like that. And I just can't figure out how he did it. But I can't say too much about the effect. But apart from that, really, but... It was the other day, uh, and it fooled me really, really badly, and I still don't like him for it because he still won't tell me how it's done. And this is usually I'm okay with being fooled and just being, you know, left to it. But this thing has got to me so badly over the course of the last week that it actually makes me hurt that it, he even managed to do that. So, yeah, that was that was the last time I was fooled. Probably I think it was last Friday or something. And, Lloyd got me with an absolutely impossible card routine. So when was the last time you were fooled? It was also a recent uh, thing. It wasn't on the computer, though. Um, I live in Vegas, and there's a lot of magicians out here, but one of my best buddies out here is Kayla Morelli, who I would love to have on this show sometime. Uh, he and I have been spending a lot of time together. saw him last night, um, and he's showing me some stuff. And he came up with this thing. I swear to God, Will. Um, he holds a penny, and I'm not going to tell you guys how this works, but he holds a penny. He literally drops the penny in his hand, and when it hits his hand, it's now a quarter. It was like pure magic that totally freaked me out, and I will never forget that moment because it's been a long time since I've had someone do something for me that was like, holy crap, I don't even... Uh, it was just visual eye candy. It was beautiful to watch. It was typical Kalen. And uh, if you guys aren't, by the way, check out Kalen's Instagram feed. That kid's been posting all sorts of killer pictures and videos lately, and he's got a lot more stuff he's up to with Instagram that you'll be seeing in the near future. So keep up with him on Instagram. Uh, I want to give him a shout for that. Um, Did you just say he turned a penny into a quarter? Yeah, when he dropped the penny, he had it at fingertips. When he dropped the penny into his hand, it literally visibly became a quarter. It was pure magic, dude. It was, it was unbelievable. I. Just the idea of being able to do that hurts my head. <laughs> well, dude, that's that's what he does. Kaylin Morelli's job in life is to make people's head hurt. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> uh, Kaylin Morelli is a witch. Yeah, he's a witch, all right. And it makes me absolutely disgusted that he's only like, what is he now, like 24, 25? I mean, he's incredibly young for all that, all that he's done. He's insane. And uh, yeah, look for more stuff from Kaylin down the road in the months to come, but yeah, he's gone quiet, but he's up to a lot of big things, so uh, yeah, but that's the last time I was fooled, but I tell you what, man, one of the biggest resources that I've found for fooling other magicians is to just read those old books. I've got some killer, killer stuff in like the Roy Walton books, the Complete Walton, Volume 1 and 2, um, even some of the moves that I've found, like stuff from Derek Dingle, fools the living pants off magicians because they've never seen the stuff because it's not cool and popular. Um, Larry Jennings, like all this old stuff. And I think I mentioned a little bit of this on the last episode, but like if you are looking to go down that road and find inspiration and stuff, there's a lot of ways to do it. And uh, 
that's been my resource. Um, Will, what about you? When you've, because I know that you've been working on some kind of magician fooling type of stuff. Where do you get the inspiration, or where are you getting your resources to work out that type of stuff to fool other magicians? Let's go down that path now. That's that's kind of like a two part, uh, two part question. Um, the first bit being the how do I come up or how, how do I sort of get inspiration for these things? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I just think, well, I want to I want to do the impossible. So how would I go about doing it? Um, so I think to myself, okay, let's go. Um, say, okay, I want to do such and such. And then I go, okay, so that, that's, that's my end goal. And then I then work backwards on ways that it is possible to get from what I know now and the laws of physics and what I want to get to and how to, to exploit, you know, the, all the various things that I need to do to get to that end goal. Uh, sometimes though, um, less often I'll have an idea for, be it a, a gimmick or, or something, you know, or a method of something, and go, okay, I've got this really clever idea, this is kind of, you know, a bit sneak, what can I do with it? But that's that's less often. Um, the second part of the question, um, how do I go about actually doing it? Um, I don't know, I've got a really weird, really weird background um, work-wise in terms of, um, of, obviously, software development and um, also electronic engineering as well. Um, I've basically got half of my family are engineers, so I've learned a lot of stuff growing up throughout the years, and I just think, well, surely if I did this, this, and this, I could put something together that will do this, and I just go from there and just trial and error and see what I can do, see what I breaks, and um, so just... I, I genuinely just make it up as I go along, uh, which I think is the best way to do it, really, because um, as magicians, we're not really subject, or we, we like to think that we're not subject to the same rules as everybody else, so why don't we exploit that and just do what we want? So uh... I've always had this lovely penchant for making things as well, so if I can, you know, if, if I don't know, I mean, the internet's a wonderful resource as well, because if I don't... If I don't know how to make something or if I don't know how to go about doing something, then usually I'll just Google it and um, figure out the, the generally accepted way of doing things and evaluate whether or not I can actually do that myself with either what I have or what I can manage to beg, borrow, steal, or sometimes buy. I am now looking up on our Twitter feed. Um, this is from last weekend because we're talking about being fooled. Um, Bernardo is asking for you, what is the most important thing in magic? Um, I will answer that and then I'll put it over to Will while I get the answers from last week's poll um, for me it's just inspiration I I was inspired many years ago to want to be a magician and I want to try and inspire other people when I show them magic so for me I guess the big word is inspiration Will what about you man that's um, that's quite an open question um, and it depends on, on the context I suppose if you mean as in magic as a, as a performance art, um, to me, um, it would be, if it's, if it's magic and it's performance, God, that's a difficult question. It's, I suppose the most important thing to me in magic from a, a performance point of view would be my spectators. It sounds cheesy, but without spectators, who am I going to perform magic to? You know, myself in a mirror or... My Instagram feed, which isn't really, yeah, isn't really the same as, as performing for actual people. Um, if you sort of hop over the fence to, to our side and go sort of well, you know, from in terms of performing, uh, as in the, the the technicalities behind performing and what we do as performers, uh, then I'd say the most important thing there would be knowing what. You, to a degree, knowing what you're doing. I mean, I, I make a lot of stuff up as I go along anyway, but knowing generally what you're doing and practice and 
having confidence in your performance. I've got the poll up here. I don't know if you can see it there, Will, but uh, I'm showing our friends on Periscope right now. Last weekend's magic poll, uh, which was a really interesting one. It was, as a magician, do you like to be fooled and leave it at that? Or do you have to know the secret? The results are in. They were in at the beginning of the week, but I'll give them to you now. 55% of you out there love to be fooled. 37% of you say you just have to know how it's done. And 8% of you said that it hasn't happened yet. I'm so sorry if it hasn't happened yet to you. That is one of the most beautiful things in magic is being fooled. So when it happens, enjoy it. And I hope you get fooled soon. Um, so yeah, that is our poll from last weekend. I'm actually a bit surprised. I thought more people will would actually say that they have to know how something's done. Are you also surprised by the fact that 55% of the people say that they love to be fooled? It wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people have my sort of approach to it as well, is which is the majority of time, the majority of the time they love to be fooled, but there's every now and again that they've just got to know how something how something is done. Because uh, I, like I said earlier, I had this thing with Lloyd the other day where he, he performed this trick for me, but I'm, and I'm usually okay with being fooled. But that time, I just had to know how it was done, and he wouldn't tell me, which annoyed me. In, in, but as immensely. magicians, yeah. But hold on a second. As as magicians, aren't you surprised that so many people said that they like to be fooled? Because as magicians, isn't like our job? Uh, well, half of our job is to to perform and to fool, but the other half is to learn and to know. Like only thirty seven percent of people said they had to know. Like I was, I thought it would be the other way around. Like I really thought more people said that they had to know instead of they like to be fooled. On the contrary, I'd say that a lot of people will watch a, a, they'll watch a, a trick or an effect, and they will, they will initially be fooled, and but then they'll go and think of their own method. So almost like as a way so, of inspiration, then almost. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll they'll see an effect and go, "Oh, that's good. How would I go about doing that?" Which I've done that in the past. I've seen things and I've gone, "Oh, that's really good." And well, how would I do that? And I've thought, okay, let's, if I do this, this, and this, then maybe I could I could get to that end. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes, you know, there are a lot of times where I mean, I'll quite happily go and watch a, a live magic show, and I will sit there and just go, that's just you know, amazing. I'm happy not knowing how any of that works, because it was really, really uh, entertaining. Uh, that's, the, that's from the poll that we did last weekend. We were talking about whether you like to be fooled or not. Um, this weekend, we'll do a brand new poll. Uh, I don't want to necessarily announce what it is on this episode because this may be listened to you at a later date and that poll will no longer be existing. But what you can do, if it's getting towards the weekend, check out our Twitter page. That is, uh, you can look for us at Illusionist over on Twitter. And each and every week I've been doing these uh, Twitter polls, uh, different questions. I've asked things about your, your favorite type of magic, uh, you know, card magic, coin magic, mentalism, uh, impromptu magic. I've, I've done polls about that. Uh, I've done a lot of other things. So each and every week we're going to do a new one and we'd love to hear from you on these polls. So keep an eye out. I usually set them up to last the whole weekend. Um, so you have time to get in and check them out, but it's just a great way again to get to know you, get to know what you like. Uh, we'll be asking more specific questions about, you know, what would you like to see more of on our site? This, this, or this, or things like that. So it's just a new thing I've been doing pretty much since the beginning of the, uh, of the year. And, uh, I'm starting to have a lot of fun with it. So I'd love for you to join in and check us out on there. Um, and if you're not, also, don't forget, you can also check us out uh, over on Facebook. We post a lot of fun stuff over there, answer a lot of questions. And on Instagram, we're always posting new pictures and giving you little teases. And uh, you will be seeing a little tease soon uh, from a new thing that we're going to be releasing called Tyrant from Madison. So that's something that's coming around the corner, too. I don't want to give you too much info, but it is coming in the near future. And Will's smiling over there. He's, uh, he's over there smiling. He must know something. Maybe I know something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> we're always up to well, something. Well, sealed on the subject, Mr. Dancy. I can't say anything. I can't say anything that's, that you can't. All right. Well, I've seen it. I know what's up. So I know what's going on. Yeah. As have I. Yeah. Uh, question is, is Illusionist making a new deck of cards? Uh, I mean, playing cards are a big part of what we do for sure. Um, let's just put it this way. We have dedicated people now on our team that do nothing but design playing cards. So I think that it's fair to say that you will be seeing a, a new deck or decks, uh, you know, coming down the pipeline throughout the year. Um, but we're very, very selective about what we 
release when it comes to cards because you know we don't want to just pump them out because then we lose quality and um, you know we want to give you guys a, a a good product not just a product um, when we do release a deck of cards so we do what we do uh, whether it's playing cards whether it's the products everything has to go through a very strict quality control and you guys only get the best from us so uh, yeah keep an eye out for decks and products and other announcements I, I kind of teased you a little bit last week about something that our buddy uh, Garrett Clark's working on with our shipping. I don't want to give you much more than that, but I did tell you our, in, our international friends, get ready for a big change. Change is coming, and it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Will, you'll enjoy that. <laughs> I, I will indeed. I, I, I'm very much, very much looking forward to that. Yeah. And I think, um, I think I, I, I speak for, uh, I think I speak for a lot of uh, our other friends. Um, in the UK and uh, mainland Europe, when I say that these uh, these changes are going to be very, very welcome um, with regards to the shipping. Yeah, and and like I said last week, you know maybe you missed the episode and, and maybe you didn't hear me say it, but I'm going to say it again loud and clear, and uh, that is that you guys come first. We listen to your feedback, we appreciate your feedback, and we take your feedback and we try to do better from it. Uh, it's the only way that we can improve what we do for you. Uh, is by hearing from you. So, you know, whether it's through the podcast, podcastedillusions.com, drop us those emails, whether it's through our social media, whether it's through our support team, you guys come first. Never, ever, ever forget that because without you, we could not do what we do. And one of this change, one of the changes that's coming is because we've been listening to you say it once, twice, you know, and much, much more than that. But uh, yeah, we listen, we change, and uh, change is coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, Domingo's asking if Daniel Mattis is coming out with anything new. Uh, like I just mentioned a moment ago, there is something that you'll be seeing in the pipeline. I'm actually going to post something up on Facebook, uh, probably today for his new thing. It's called Tyrant. Can't tell you what it is, but I will be showing you a little teaser later. And you can always keep up with Daniel over on Instagram. He's posting videos of stuff he's up to, pictures and all that fun stuff. So, uh, make sure you're checking him out on Instagram if you're not already. You get a lot of inside info from... Tyrant, actually. You may... He may have teased Tyrant on either his Twitter or Instagram page because I know I did see something from uh, from Daniel uh, about this. Yeah, it was up uh, yesterday, and thanks. I and I did retweet it. Uh, I did retweet it from our account. So uh, yeah, he has posted that. So the word is slowly starting to creep out. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's absolute killer. All right, Will. Well, um, I think it's now time that we shift into. Uh, something to now shift into one of my favorite parts of uh, this show, and that is helping out the guys. You know, when we're not answering questions, when we're not getting real-time feedback and questions from our listeners, we're also talking on and offline about uh, different tips, different things we can give guys to take with them throughout the week, or the months to come, or the years to come, and that they can use um, moving forward to help them uh, get better with what they're doing, or just uh, things to uh, you know help their magic in general, whether it's the routines, where they practice, whether it's the way that they're um, using their magic, whatever it is. Uh, this week's tip of the week is a simple one. <laughs> and the tip goes like yes. this. Keep it simple. Uh, I think Di Vernon put it best with the KISS principle, uh, which was yes. keep it keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and so <laughs> that was a very famous yes, thing that the, the professor made very famous uh, during his day. But Keep it simple. It sounds, not to be punny, it sounds simple, uh, but I think the problem is, even though it's a very easy thing to say, it's not a very easy thing uh, to do. And so, Will, I'm going to step out of the way and let you interject and share your thoughts on keeping it simple with your magic. Yeah, it's considerably easier said than done with keeping it simple, but um, I am a great big fan of making my life as easy as I can make it. And, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I like to be lazy whilst I do it. Um, when I worked at my previous job, um, we used to have um, the, the old managing director would wander around the office looking all mighty important and you know, going, come on, work harder, work harder. You're not working hard enough. And I used to sit there and listen to that and think, well, that just sounds like wasted effort. It doesn't make any sense at all. Why am I going to sit here and work ridiculously hard when I can work smart, get three times as much done, and still finish on time? So from that, I I started 
with this philosophy of working smart and not hard. And you get, I, I find at least myself, I get more done. And I'm not thinking, wow, I'm really, really tired at the end of this and just never wanting to, to turn up again. Can, so can, you give, can you give the guys an example of something maybe a, a magic related that, that you would consider a, a great example of how that works for you when it when you know works smarter instead of harder with magic in particular? Give, give us a good example for that. Well, I suppose the point that we made earlier about, um, about the whole pass versus the shuffle thing, if you're going to have a card that turns to the deck and then you're going to do a really difficult move to control it to the top only to cancel it out by doing a shuffle then cut the pass out entirely just do the shuffle okay so you, you, you whilst it's still good to know these things it's good to do them every now and again do you need to do them every single time that you perform or do you need to do them every single time and approach each situation differently and every there is a tool for every job um, for instance, you wouldn't use a club hammer to break open some toffee, for instance. I think it, was a, it would be a, a good analogy to use. So if you can if you can get away with something else is going to be, a, if a shuffle is going to be the best tool to use, for instance, then use a shuffle instead of a pass. The pass is obviously clearly more, considerably more difficult to do. Yeah, 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 absolutely it's, it is. It's, you know, it's a great... Sometimes it's a good front of a kill, but sometimes it's just pointless. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also, you know, it can go into anything that you do, uh, whether it's the routines that you're picking out, you know, short and sweet, visual and, you know, quick, keep them simple. Uh, it's great to have long dry out routines with different phases, but you need to realize if you're like, uh, like I used to do a lot of restaurant work, you know, hopping around, uh, table hopping. Well, it's kind of hard to, to select drawn out routines when you could be interrupted at a moment's notice. So also think about it for the magic you're selecting, whether you're performing socially, that's fine. Do whatever you want. But if you're being paid to be somewhere, are you going to be able to do the type of magic um, that you would normally do? And if not, you should alter it and, and keep it simple for the situation. Short, sweet, or if you're doing a full-blown show, then hell, go you know, go for it. Do a full-blown show and a routine and all that. But be aware of it, that sometimes you do need to keep the magic simple as well. And a great product that we just released, and I mentioned this, I think, last week as well, You know, talking about simple but powerful, uh, the Nate Cranzo project, the self-working card tricks. I mean, that's a great example of simplicity, but you know, you're not losing any of the strength of the tricks that you do. Uh, very, very powerful, but without all that difficult sleight of hand work. So it's not always the difficulty of the trick that matters, but the end result that, that really does at the end of the day. And I think Will wants to say something here. I love, I love self-working card tricks. Um, I used to not be a massive fan, but recently I am a complete um, self-working card tricks um, convert, if you will, because it's basically taken away all of this idea that I need to, to shuffle. It's taken away all the work of actually having to handle the cards, and I can effectively get the spectators to do the trick for me, and I still get the same sort of strength with my magic and I mean, I, I, I agree with with um, with Nate Granzo on that. You know, if you do need to do sleight of hand, well, if you don't, then don't bother. Just do a self-working card trick, and, and they work. I mean, the flashy moves have got their place, but you know, if you can do a, a you know, two or three or four strong self-working card tricks, that it almost removes you from the equation entirely, so that the, the spectators are are experiencing the magic and this is another thing that Lloyd said to me as well is that he he likes to do that he likes to sort of almost remove himself so instead of it being look at me I'm being all flashy and I'm really skilled and I'm really clever it's more of a he just sort of helps the just just sort of helps it along in a way and the, the magic just happens what is my favorite self-working card trick my favorite I don't I don't really want to say actually I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to answer that question because it's so good that I, I don't want to tell anybody about it. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna perform it and just keep it to myself. Um, one of my favourites is um, uh, "Play It Straight" by John Bannon. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, um, one of my favourites. Uh, self-working card tricks. Uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant, uh, and it's just unbelievable. It's, it's it's one of these. It just, you just have this 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 moment at the end of the trick where everything has happened 
really, really fairly, and the spectators just watch everything happen, and they know what's happened. But in actual fact, they don't, and the whole thing's just unexplainable. I mean, when I first saw that trick, I was completely fooled, and I couldn't figure it out. I, w- I would also like to give you guys a resource that... Will, could you do a quick Google search for me? Just, just to find out how many volumes of it are there, could you type in the name Steve Beam Semi-Automatic Card Tricks? Uh, basically, you guys should have these books if you like just self-working type of stuff. If you have the Cranzo Project, then get this. Um, I think there's eight of them now. Is it six, seven, or eight of them? There's quite a few of those now. Um, Steve Beam is a magician from North Carolina uh, who, and I appeared in a couple of them. I had some tricks in a couple of the books, but the books are packed full of semi-automatic card tricks that the, the contributions are some from some of the top names of magic, and it's some of the most fooling stuff that you'll ever find, and it's at least six volumes now of this... Uh, 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 eight eight so. volumes, yeah. So there's eight volumes of those books. You can't go wrong, and they're big books. They're not like, you know, a small little book. They're nice, thick books. Um, check those out. If you like that kind of material, it's a little inside info. Not a lot of people know about those books, but if you like that kind of stuff and you want to find stuff that's going to fool magicians, get it. Uh, get one of them, get all of them. Yeah. He's been doing those for as long as I can remember. And I was really honored and humbled to be, uh, in at least, I think I was in one or two of them, uh, had some stuff in there. So, but yeah, great resource in general, magician full and stuff. I mean, it's, it's stupid how good this stuff is in those books. So uh, if you have the Cranzo thing, if you have the self-working card tricks, that should be your next stop, I think, for the semi-automatic stuff. Um, yeah. There are eight volumes available at the moment, and there looks like there is, there's a, another two coming out. Nice. Very cool. So yeah, Steve Beam. And if you see his trapdoor stuff, I'm not going to tell you anything about him, but if, if you see the word trapdoor and Steve Beam, buy it. Don't even ask. Just buy it. If you're a serious magician... Close-up magician, just buy the trapdoor stuff. But I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we we had a really fun episode this week. We're we're getting we're pushing the hour mark, so we're going to start to wrap this up. If you have any lingering questions that we've missed live, will if you've seen any pop in, we're going to grab those now. Um, let me make sure I got through my list here. Like we said earlier, you know, don't run when you're not being chased. You know, overproving, doing un- unnecessary moves just to do them, it's silly and it it doesn't really help anything doesn't help your performance, doesn't help the trick, and it certainly doesn't help you fool people because they don't even, you know, you're canceling out a move that doesn't even need to be done. And always on remember... Sorry, you're, on the contrary as well, you're also opening yourself up for more mistakes. So you know, with everything that we do, there's always a chance that we're going to make a mistake with something, but if we're doing things unnecessarily, then you know, the law of averages at some point is going to kick in and say, okay, you're going to make a mistake with one of these things. And it could be one of these really difficult knuckle-busting moves that completely let the, everything then falls apart because you've got it wrong. And then also, guys, once again, don't forget, we are doing these Twitter polls now. Having a lot of fun with those. We'll be putting one up very, very soon. So we'd love to have you join us for one of those. And the uh, podcast questions in general, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's topic suggestions. Uh, I've got some interviews lined up. We've got some new projects coming down the pipeline, and I've got interviews set up with some of those guys that are creating the material, so get ready for those too. Can't tell you anything yet, but let's just say you should grab those headphones and get them ready. That's all I'm going to tell you about one of the projects. Uh, super, super visual and cool stuff from one of your uh, from one of your guys across the pond, Will. I'm not going to say who, but it's a, a UK guy that has uh, got something fun coming out with us, so uh, pretty stoked about that. Yeah. And also, um, if I'm not mistaken, G, Lloyd, and Madison also are working together on a project that should be coming out in the near future, which should be pretty cool. I have heard that as well, yes. I've had musings to that effect. Yeah. That that may be it. Yeah. And uh, there's some other fun projects we've got going on. I've got a little mini project I've put together as well uh, that I I should wheel some of the material, and I'm pretty excited for you guys to see some of that too. It's... uh, some stuff that I really um, have enjoyed for a while. And it's like, okay, let's put it all together and give it to you guys now. So, yeah, got all sorts of fun things we're working on. So, And Will behind the scenes, he's got some big things too, some big projects that I'm not allowed to tell you a word about. Um, but you, I'm sure that uh, over time you'll be hearing some things uh, with Will's name no, attached I'm to them. I'm not allowed to say a word about them either. And it's driving me insane that I've got to keep my magic up. But 
I really want to go out and tell everybody about them, but I can't say a word. Ah, we're also going to be stocking something else brand new. I don't know if we're allowed to say it yet, Will, but it sounds like we've, we're going to be stocking something. Uh, a really, really, really cool product that I've I've been a big fan of for a while. Um, do you know when? Um, not off the top of my head. And I think I know what you are musing towards. Um, but if, if it is what I think you're talking about, then it's going to be pretty soon. All right. Well, cool. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up this week's episode. We've had a lot of fun with you guys live on Periscope. Live, live, live. Had a lot of fun with my buddy Will. We always talk magic, and it's fun that you guys get a little chance to uh, be a part of that every now and then. You know, we have some fun, some fun uh, conversations about magic. He's, you know, showing me some stuff, and I show him some things as well, and it's just a good time. And so this is our way to open the door, let you be a fly on the wall, and kind of see what goes on during some of those conversations uh, as well. And you know, don't forget, you guys, if you have some questions for us. Uh, social media, it's a great tool. It's a great thing, and you should be using it. And if you're not, don't be shy. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're out there. We're listening. We're very, very active, and we take a lot of pride in that um, because it's like a good way for you to connect with us. Um, yeah. It's also worth saying as well, um, after we wrap up the podcast as well, we normally stay on Periscope for uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so, just generally chatting and, and actually doing doing magic between ourselves and, and broadcasting that out as well. So that's uh, another another good reason to listen in live because you, you get to hear all the things that uh, that don't go out on the episode as well. This is very true, uh, a very, very true thing. And I also now have uh, a tripod to uh, have my phone on. So I know in, in the past people have asked you know to see some tricks, and that's cool. Uh, but Will was always the one that was set up to do that, and now I am too. So, uh, yeah, it could end up being a little mini session. You never know what might happen. So, yeah. Yeah, good times. All right. Well, that's the ding. That means our time is up. <laughs> and uh, I think we're going to get out of here. Uh, keep an eye out for that Twitter poll this weekend. Uh, you know, pick your, uh, pick your answer from the ones that we're going to uh, list, and we'll talk about the results on next week's show from the latest Twitter poll. So uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Will, thank you for joining me once again. It's always fun. And uh, I know that we'll be doing this again. Uh, very very soon so thank you I'm sure we will yeah cool and thank you to you the listeners don't forget if you want to keep up with this podcast the best way for you guys to do that is to subscribe either through iTunes just look for the Illusionist Magic Beyond Belief podcast or if you're an Android user download the SoundCloud app it's free and you can download uh, that and get the episodes subscribed to you and pushed to you each and every time one goes live it's a very very easy way so you don't have to look around uh, to find out what's up with us on Team E. And, of course, on the social media, I mentioned it before. And don't forget to use that email address, podcast.illusions.com. Send those questions in or suggestions for topics or guests, and we will do our best to have them on the show as well. All right. Well, we're going to get the heck out of here. We're going to stick around on Periscope for a little bit longer. But you guys, you know what to do. Grab those cards and get to work. <laughs>